sometimes scientists are looking for the sexiest solution, the thing that really uh, dazzles the mind and, and really pushes us to the edge of, of physical limits. But Michelle uh, Ostrot, who was one of our panelists, she really uh, advocated for, especially for near-term thinking, about technologies that can be drop-in or replacements. And that are, um, they're not just incremental, but they can be game-changing. And I, I was curious if anyone else really resonated with that, because I thought it was something that was uh, coming from a more academic side was a good reality check, especially if we're trying to find near-term uh, impacts. That resonated with me because you know, it seemed like we were convened to look at this intersection of all of these great ideas for solving climate change, all these great uses of nano, and then like, where do they intersect in a four-year period to produce a solution, right? And I think that talking about drop-in replacement, I, I, to me, that's, that was the most powerful take, takeaway. So it was the first meeting that I was in where we were making an attempt to cut through a lot of, I don't want to call it noise, but a lot of, lot of an, a sea of ideas to find things that we can grab in the near term. And I think when we start talking about communicating to kids and to the public, that becomes one of the most important things. You know, because I talk about net zero, you know, at the grid or aviation, you know, what are the steps that can be feasibly taken in the next four years to make steps towards that? Yeah. And the specific technology that she mentioned was very interesting to 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 me, the nano solvents for industrial processes. Um, so one of the Department of Energy's new energy earth shots is the industrial heat shot. And, you know, the science behind that has been very fascinating to me. And that like sparked an idea of, OK, what are the what are the nano solvents that we can use for industrial processes to use less water, less heat, even magnetic processes that, that in in that can directly affect companies and be able to cut down on not only their emissions, but also their costs to help us in the long term. The whole idea of not inventing something from scratch, but just kind of doing a swap, um, you know, that really does shorten your time frame. I had seen something about a company that's developing um, battery packs that are that can be installed in the fuselage of airplanes, right? Airplane travel is one of the most egregious um, contributors to greenhouse gases, right? And But nobody wants to give up air travel. Putting batteries in, we have batteries, we have planes. You don't have to reinvent either one. So I didn't even think about that until she said it. I was thinking, oh, we have to come, we have to invent the things starting today, but we don't. I mean, and there are other options besides electric uh, aer aerospace travel, um, and including, you know, sustainable aviation fuel. So, you know, the background that we have done in bioenergy fuels for the future are going to be uh, kind of very important for, um, for, for moving forward in that industry. Yeah, I, I might. Uh, I, I agree. There's things need to be done right away. The the thing that resonates with me is some of the nanotechnology solutions really are at the basic research level, especially some of the ones that will have you know step change impact. Really are at the basic science level, and depending on how how you look at the modeling, we have up to thirty years to solve this problem. If we can do some basic science now that's available in ten, fifteen years, it still has a chance to make a big impact within 30 years. There are many examples of nanotechnology that's ready. There's examples of nanotechnology that's close to being ready. And I think all of those are very exciting, but I think you know nanotechnology is a, a relatively new field and it does simply take a long time for new technologies to be applied in the marketplace. 
both for scientific reasons and and all kinds of other practical reasons uh, in addition to science. So yes, near-term solutions are critical, but I think basic science is still has a role, an extremely important role to solve this problem. Yeah, I, I think I think Gavin Schmidt from NASA uh, had a real pointed moment, and you guys probably remember where he he basically said the only real metric that matters is reduction in admissions. This is the only thing that matters. And he kind of pounded the table. And there are some things that, you know, maybe in 20 years have that step change and and can drive something that's a big emitter to zero. But there are things that in the near term, by creating an extra percentage point of efficiency in electric transmission or a little bit more efficiency by creating a better lubricant, I think having that full menu of options, as you say, Jeff, is is important. So I have a friend who was the seventh employee at Tesla who wanted to deal with sexy electric cars. When he left, he became an entrepreneur in residence and then later started a company with a friend of mine in Georgia Tech called Sela Nano that makes battery materials. And he focused on the problem that he understood from his experience in electric vehicles was like the main issue. I actually got into science as an undergrad because of uh, refrigeration and heat recovery, solid state. That was the most, that's the thing that excited me the most. Never would have thought about interfaces. But what I learned is that we today would already have efficient heat harvesting and refrigeration in 90% of the applications from solid state. It wasn't for the losses at the interfaces. That's how I, why Carbice got founded. I, I did my PhD work on vertical CNT arrays to address that problem and other things started to show that interfaces were a critical thing and everything. So I mean, my takeaway from this is that, you know, when we start talking about nanotechnology and the real impact, even these examples that we gave on where they are today, they're hidden. It's the hidden X factor. And I just feel like I want to double down on helping to have that conversation so that these things that are so important and hidden are not so hidden. So I think that if we could bring them up more, there are a lot of wins that we can have in the next 40 years. So that, that's my commitment is to make sure that we'll keep listening to more of these technologies that are hidden, that are already having an effect and, and make sure that we know how to push them forward.